Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Arreda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Carlin, analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's show, we're chatting all things NWSL Challenge Cup preview and World Cup chatter just weeks away to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Before we get into everything, hello, Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to us. A quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube. We're also a podcast, so follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode. The World Cup is just weeks away, so make sure you are subscribed, you are following, you are downloading, attacking third for all of your 2023 World Cup content. We're back at it. Lisa, how are you doing today? I am so good. A lot to talk about. Um, it's it's crazy that July is around the corner. Oh. I know we talked about it at the start of this week with like NWSL standings and closing out the month of June, but um, it's finally here. We're we're moving. We're grooving. We're getting ready to gear up for like full time World Cup coverage, creating content plans and and actually finalizing content plans. I've had these in the works for a while, but yeah. um, it's good. It's good to kind of check in on everyone. There's been crazy storms in oh my the greater Philadelphia area, East Coast, just like rolling thunderstorms on top of rolling so- thunderstorms on top of rolling thunderstorms. It was a little crazy. I um I play soccer. Like I play in a couple different leagues and like a couple different nights a week week and last night I was like watching the radar and I was like there's no way we're playing there's no way it's thundering it's lightning oh we played oh we played I'm still here to tell the story I didn't get electrocuted but you made it I I made it it. (laughs) no I I look I love the weather checking I feel like we do that as part of like how we're doing Mm -hmm. I feel you it's like we're having a little bit of a bizarro world kind of energy here it's like we went from like being really excited about the shift in weather for both Philly and Chicago. We're like, yeah, it's matching the calendar. And now there's massive storms in the East coast. We are dealing with the poor air quality now and the effects of, of wildfires in, in Chicago. It is tough out here. There is a deep haze going on. So I am enjoying being in my home with 
air purifiers. It's awesome. Yes. That was crazy. I mean, we got that – we got hit with the the wildfire smoke like a couple weeks ago. Um, we also played soccer in that it was like hazy and you couldn't see anything. Yeah. It's just reckless out here. Wow. You must have like superhero lungs because couldn't no, be me. we were all dying. <laughs> I'm like, couldn't be me. My poor dog this morning was like, that's enough of that. So we quickly came inside and I said, come on, we got to go and do A3 live. Woo, woo, woo. All right. We've got the Return of Challenge Cup. We have some games to chat about. We got to make some predictions. And we were excited because we were like, oh boy, three matches this week. Yeah. We get to talk all about it, but pump the brakes. There's been an adjustment. Lisa's already alluded to it a little bit, but let's talk about the games that will take place this week. If you could catch them. Catch him tonight on Paramount Plus. We've got Angel City FC versus San Diego Wave, Portland Thorns versus All Rain. We've got some big rivalry games here. Oh, yeah. So let's make some picks. Let's start with Angel City versus San Diego. We've got the SoCal rivalry, but Challenge Cup edition. I'm not too sure. I'm not confident in making a pick in these, Lisa. There's something about Challenge Cup. The whole cue, the chaos energy is quite real uh, this year in, in, in Challenge Cup. We've got two teams coming off regular season performances that they maybe want to forget about, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to bounce back and get into and get a result. Because when it comes to the standings right now, just, just a very brief minor overview and touch on, on, on these things, most teams – most teams have at least three games played into their group stages. So that means the group stage is more or less about halfway through. It's, uh, you know, round robin, six games, you know, for, for teams as they, they face each, as the four teams face each other throughout the three groups. And so for this West division, Angel City currently only has one point in the standings and we've got the wave with three. So they are both sitting three and four respectively wave at three angel city at the bottom. And I think at this point, if you are angel city, you've got three games in the bag, San Diego with two, maybe this is one you don't want to drop for a number of reasons, whether it's against your rivals, but in order to stay relevant and in contention within your own group, Maybe they're a little bit motivated by that. Do you have a clear winner, a loser? Is it just midweek energy for you and you feel like this is going to settle out to be a draw? Frankly, like this is a complete midweek energy. Uh, of course, we have the rivalry in Angel City, San Diego. It's the first time these two are playing in Challenge Cup this year. Um, but we know how it shakes out during the regular season. But it's also midweek. They these yeah. both these clubs had three games in a, a span of a week at this point. They're without their internationals. Um, and when you kind of run down the availability report, international duty for Angel City as of right now is just Julie Ertz and Alyssa Thompson, right? Junendo is still available and, and still playing, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Um, she's questionable on the availability report, though. So, will we see her? I'm not so sure about that. Sarah's Cla- Claire Emsley, both questionable for Angel City. Um, and then you look at San Diego, they're without a lot of their key pieces that, frankly, we don't always see in these Challenge Cup matches. And that's part of the reason that these Challenge Cup games have been um, interesting to watch and actually really important to watch leading up to this point because no Naomi Gurma for San Diego, Sophia Jakobsen, Alex Morgan, Kaylin Sheridan, Emily Van Eggman, they're all out on international duty. But 
we've also seen a lot of rotation in those positions, whether it be in the back line, in the front line, in the goalkeeper position with these teams in preparation for World Cup absences and because of the high um, level of play and, and so much games, the quantity of games with the Challenge Cup in the regular season. So between Angel City and San Diego, I think that San Diego to me is missing more key pieces than Angel City at this point. Now, does that mean we even get to see June Endo, Claire Emsley because they're questionable heading into this one? I'm not so sure, but I think Angel City needs to get back on the winning side of things. They ha- they've had the coach change. They've had the peak from that happening as uh, assistant coach Becky Tweed stepping into it. Can they continue to keep this going? I mean, honestly, this one's hard for me to pick. Not surprised if it's a draw, but I'm going to go with Angel City. I'm going to rock it with L.A. this week because um, I just think that they have a little bit more on the line to lose, and now is their chance to pick up points and run with it. I feel that energy. I, I, I don't know if we're going to see Junendo play in this game. I don't think we will. This is, this is look, player who got named to Japan's 23-player yeah. roster um, has unfortunately been sidelined a little bit or has had a, a deep minutes restriction, um, missing out on a couple games for Angel City with yeah. a knee issue. You know, is this the phase of time where a player is, like, having discussions with their coach and saying – let me get some minutes before I head into a, a World Cup camp. Or is it or is the conversation yeah. different where it's like actually it might be more beneficial for me to not be utilized in a game right. like this? But with her availability upgraded, right? Because at, at one point it was out. Now it's questionable. Yeah. Now it's maybe questionable. That, so. Maybe that maybe that means there is an opportunity for. I, I think that goal. means she's been training too. I mean, yeah. it does mean she's been training. Um, which, frankly, like I don't think you risk it for World Cup and like with Japan. Like this could be a big summer for Junendo. It really could, um, because I think she's developed a lot over the last year and a half playing with Angel City in the NWSL, and that's going to be really beneficial for Japan when they go up against different nations with different tactics. Like she's seen a lot of the differences that the world can can throw at her playing with Angel City in the NWSL. So I don't know. I don't think yeah. we see her. I don't think it's worth it. I listen, but I, I I'm, I'm hearing you, and like I'm hearing me, and I'm just like, yeah, we definitely. It, it's one of these games where it's like I don't know if we're making like a, a confident pick in this one, but we're definitely. Making making picks. I think I'm going to go the other way with nice. San Diego wave. I, I like, I'm looking at the availability reports and no, yes, there's, there's uh, Sydney LaRue who's going to be available. Maybe this is a player who gets extended minutes and, and they yeah. try to kind of feed off of, you know, their energy, but I'm also looking at, at, at players and in Jaden Shaw and, and, and Amira Ali, especially Ali as someone who's kind of come in in these kind of later game scenarios for the wave this is the moment, right? This is the time. This is the window where we're looking at players in the absence of some international athletes who go to world cup duty to have these opportunities to step up for their team. And it's mostly going to be through challenge cup. Like challenge cup is going to be the vessel in which we get to see them perform. There's a couple of regular season matches that will take place before there's a regular season break, but challenge cup will mostly run through Uh, the duration of the World Cup. So I'm going to go with San Diego Wave and look at Jaden Shaw and look at Amira Ali and think that they get one in the back of the net, maybe even two. Maybe this is one of those games where it's just vibes, Lisa. 
because that's what we've seen also in in, in Challenge Cup. Yeah. So I, I would welcome it. I love it. I love a good rivalry game. I think it's going to be a good a good one, no matter the 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 quote unquote star players, you know, being absent or available or not. Um, I think this has the makings of, of yeah, a good one for sure. So this is the the flip of the coin, where in a good way, where now all these different players, as you mentioned, uh, Amir Ali, get the opportunity to step up and fill some of the holes that have been left by the internationals that are <laughs> missing. And now it's their first opportunity, right? You think it's, it's honestly, it's beneficial for the four teams that are playing in this challenge cup game, because it allows those players that have been on the bubble of getting significant minutes in regular season games to perhaps get starts in challenge cup games this week, tonight and prove themselves proves, that not only do they deserve to get start in Challenge Cup, but they deserve to get start and minute in regular season games because coaches are going to need to lean on them um, over the next week or two while these internationals are gone before we take that regular season break. All right. I think we're going to stick with this energy, Lisa, because we've got one more game to make a pick for Challenge Cup, and it's another rivalry match. We've got Portland Thorns FC versus OL Reign. We have talked about these teams throughout this entire first half of the regular season, even through their their Challenge Cup, O.L. Reign, sitting on top of those West Division group um, Challenge Cup table. They've got the points. They've got the depth. But Portland also has uh, a deep bench as well. Those are two things that we've talked about a lot, some similarities for these two, two clubs. Another midweek vibe. It's always we're getting a lot of midweek matches for, for, for Challenge Cup. Oil Rain missing a ton of players uh, because they lead the way with U.S. internationals with, I believe it's five players at this point who got called up to Andonovsky's squad. But Portland's also going to be without uh, some some key pieces as well. Uh, we're looking at Portland, and they're not going to have Crystal Dunn. They're not going to have Sophia Smith. They're not going to have Christine Sinclair. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to have uh, Hina Sagita, which I thought was an interesting part of the availability report because this is another player who was listed to Japan's 23-player roster. They are not available for this game. June Endo available for Angel City. Make it make sense. We'll try, but. Another game that I think is going to be a real treat, despite the midweek energy, despite the, the the Challenge Cup chaos that can come with a game. Lisa, I'm going to go with the Thorns on this one, but I've got this one as a narrow win. I think the Rain have been doing some excellent things this year, yeah. whether it's in regular season or in Challenge Cup. I like the way that Laura Harvey has approached Challenge Cup it's really been an opportunity to kind of flex a little bit of that depth and say, yeah, I'm going to rotate in Challenge Cup and I'm going to get players minutes and it's going to be fine. And they're on top of the Challenge Cup table. So it's tough to make this pick against them. But I like what we've been seeing out of um, Portland in terms of their recent performances. And I just feel good about Sam Coffey being available in this game. I feel good about Morgan Weaver being available in this game. And I think there's going to be enough there for them to get a narrow result. How about you? I I like that you're going Portland. I also enjoy that you're going narrow result. I'm also going to go narrow result, but I'm going to go OL Reign. We got to have some parity here. But 
I am I'm backing Wolverine at this point. I mean, you make good points about the Thorns, Sam Coffey, Morgan Weaver. These are players that um, are ready to rock and roll, right, with this club. We're, we're starting to see glimpses of it, especially from Morgan Weaver. She's coming off a goal last week. Um, but I think with O.L. Reign and the power they have, the depth they have, I'm looking at Elise Bennett in this front line for Laura Harvey. I am excited about this player to kind of let loose and break free. We saw Bennett uh, last season with Kansas City Current and it took a little bit for her to get going last year. It did. I mean, rookie year, uh, Kansas City also struggled themselves throughout the beginning of, of last season. But once Elise Bennett kind of opened the floodgates and got really comfortable with her team, with her role on the team and her ability to play in this league, it was a different story for her. And that's why Laura Harvey wanted to trade for her in the offseason. Now Bennett is going to get the opportunity with O.L. Reign to have a lot of consistent playing time um, alongside Z.R. King, right, in the front line. Like that's a partnership and a duo that I'm excited to see kind of how those two play off each other, how they continue to um run with each other and, and run in the spaces behind and given to them. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Sam Coffey. They're going to cause some chaos in the Thorns back line. So I'm going to go narrow in, but oh, well rain in this one. I'm going to stick with them. Um, it's, I mean, it. can we believe it? Two big rivalry challenge cup games in the midweek. Like it doesn't get any better than this. I think, I think they might deliver. I think they might deliver. All right. I like that we're also going for, for the only picks that we're making um, during this midweek match. I like that we're, we have some, some parody. I like the different picks. You're going angel city. I'm going to wave. Make sure y'all watch that on CBS Sports Network. I'm and, going, and the, for, I'm going Portland. You're going rain. Make sure you watch that on Paramount Plus. It's going to be after dark action. Both of these matches yeah. kicking off at 10:30 p.m. Eastern. So we'll we'll definitely try to keep an eye on them. Uh, we were hoping that we were going to be able to make uh, a third prediction, uh, a third pick. Uh, as originally there were three games slated for today on Wednesday, the 28th, but Orlando Pride and Gotham FC. Will they ever play each other in the Challenge Cup? Stay tuned uh, because this match also got postponed. Another uh, weather effect and travel delays that have pretty much played a role in causing this to get uh, moved. So unlike their previous match, which was deeply affected by the air quality, the yeah. air quality and wildfires, this has a combo of, of things to, to, to call and, excuse me, make the call of postponement. And that previous game got pushed all the way to August, but this one is actually going to get postponed until July 23rd. So yeah, shout out to peace mode saying mother nature always gets the three points. It's something about Gotham. And I guess when they go up against Orlando too, like that's, that's tough. Uh, but uh, we were, again, we were hopeful that we were going to make a, a pick between these two, but instead we have to talk about uh, the postponement. And I just, I'm like, I don't know, Lisa. I was like, not only is it another postponement in Challenge Cup, but it is for these two teams, right? Specifically, at least like it's getting canceled well before the game, and well before I mean, like a couple, like the day of, in the morning of the game. Yeah, but at least uh, we have a rescheduled date already, July twenty third, um, less than a month away for these sides uh, for Gotham to get back down there. It, it's going to happen. It's going to happen throughout the summers. The summer storms are coming. We see it happen in Orlando a lot. So it's interesting that this time, although the game was supposed to be played in Florida, 
um, it ends up being canceled because of travel restrictions in New Jersey or, or North Jersey. Um, yeah, no, it's one doesn't get doesn't get played, but at least they're not already like suited up and waiting yeah. on the field. Like that's the worst. But we chatted about we touched on standings a little bit specifically for this West Division, and as we're as we maybe take a quick glance, another quick glance and overview before we pivot to a break. That East region is already probably one of the more narrow standings and table. Right. And now with another postponement, I think it's going to just stay that way. I think, we've, you know, you've got North Carolina Courage on top with five points, but then Gotham has four. The Spirit have three. Orlando have one point. And these are, these are two games between Gotham and Orlando where it's like maybe they could shift that table a bit if Orlando picks up a, a win and a draw or a couple wins. Like, it'll absolutely turn things upside down. And now we're going to have to wait and see um, who comes out of, of the East, you know, and keep an eye on that. I think it'll come down to, to the wire. And, um, you know, I think it's unlike some other groups where you're like, well, this team might walk away with it and this other team might walk away with it. Maybe the the not only the top seed, but perhaps even that high ranked second seed might also come out of the East. Yeah, I think like across the three different regions, East, Central and West, like I mean, well, between the East and the West, it's pretty tight. The Central region, though, Racing Louisville um, running away with the Challenge Cup, three straight wins. They're at the top of the table with nine points and they're at the top of um, the entirety of the Challenge Cup with nine points. The closest one behind them is O.L. Rain, who's got undefeated two wins and a draw at this point. But uh, it's interesting kind of how everything shakes out right top of the group will move on to the Challenge Cup semifinals uh, plus the next the second highest out of those groups with the most points moving forward um it, it's been fun it's been an interesting challenge cup run it's been interesting we're gonna get a lot more challenge cup games coming up in the next couple of weeks it is and you know what we're gonna keep an eye on it for everyone because we've got to talk about all things world cup stick with us after a quick break okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. The World Cup is just weeks Away, We are definitely under a month out before the World Cup kicks off on July 20th. We know the U.S. Women's National Team roster. We're starting to get more of the final rosters for national teams. We have a lot of preliminary and provisional types of rosters that are currently out there. National teams putting out these provisionals in an effort to get those final evaluations in before they name a final 23. And I think we're really excited as some of these uh, final rosters start to drop because we get to see 
some pretty special moments. We get to see a lot of special reactions. You're we're witnessing uh, players and their dreams come true. Essentially, I, I love this series that the U.S. is putting out there with at t referencing mm-hmm. the, the call and how we're getting these little glimpses. Oh my gosh, making me sob. <laughs> yeah, and like getting the little glimpses of their reactions, and we're we're starting to get reactions across the the globe because uh, we want to talk about Brazil a little bit because Brazil dropped their 23 player roster. Uh, Pia Sintag, the head coach at a podium in a press conference format, uh, you know, getting the 23 player roster delivered by their, you know, yellow canary mascot and reading off the names of players that will participate uh, in the world cup for Brazil Uh, loved getting able, being able to see some of the footage and in the video of that. And I really, really loved seeing the reactions of some of the uh, NWSL Brazilians, right? Like we have been excited about that um, pretty much since the beginning of this regular season. When the offseason showed us all of these different types of moves that multiple teams were making, bringing in various Brazilian internationals, yeah, we were like, gosh, like, I, we love this this influx of players coming in. It's going to elevate the the play of NWSL to another level, right? And I think we've we've witnessed that so far in this first half of the regular season and through Challenge Cup. And you get attached to the players, right? That you cover or that you watch, and you're looking and you're hopeful for them. You're like, hey, we cover them. We we see. We analyze. It's like they do enough here. Like maybe they're gonna get a chance to to crack this roster. And there are a ton of of Brazilians who play in NWSL on this roster, probably headlining Marta, right? We're looking at Caroline, Dibinha, Ari Borges, Bruninha. We're looking at Adriana. Like, this is awesome. I love this. If you're joining us live, we've got a a graphic for you to take a look at for all the players who are going to represent NWSL at the World Cup with Brazil. And we have enjoyed watching this team play in their buildups to the World Cup. Uh, we got to see them pretty recently during She Believes Cup. It was a team that we were excited to keep an eye on, again, for, for all of the NWSL reasons. But because of this team and their place in the global landscape of soccer, I know when we talk about our um, our, world, our World Cup content on this show, there's moments where we get opportunities to talk about non-U.S. women's soccer things. And I love that this is one of those moments for us. I mean, Brazil yeah. is entering this World Cup as one of the top 10 ranked teams going into this tournament. By that alone, that's an automatic direct rival and competitor to the world cup totally any of these top 10 teams have an absolute shot at lifting the cup this summer and i don't know how you look at this roster that brazil just dropped and not be bought in to what they can pull off this summer in australia and new zealand 
Yeah, I mean, it's incredible It's incredible to watch this team. It's actually surprising that, to me, that Brazil is still searching for their first World Cup star. Yeah. Um, th- that they've appeared in so many and, and they've been such a powerhouse in, in the world of women's football. I mean, you look at these stars that they have around the world. I mean, we're just looking at the ones in the NWSL right now, but the talent is unmatched at this point. Now, Brazil in the World Cup, they're going to be in Group F. So it'll be themselves, Brazil, France, Jamaica, and then Panama, who are debutantes in this group. So not an easy group by any means with France and Brazil, I think, being the two top in the group with Jamaica and Panama maybe being a little bit of underdogs. Yes, Jamaica has been in a World Cup before in 2019. They're returning at this point, but um, it's still a long, tough road for them. I I would not be surprised if Brazil makes a pretty deep run in this World Cup out of their group, moving on. Um, It's going to be tough against France, but the talent that they have, I I know people in our chat are also talking about Pia and and amazing uh, Pia is as a coach. She's gotten around, right? Uh, Americans know her pretty well. Uh, She's been with a number of different nations and she's found success a lot of places that she goes. And that's what is pretty intimidating. And then you look at the talent that Pia has gathered on her roster. It's incredibly impressive to see the depth of it. Um, But we have to talk about one player in particular, Sandra. I'm not ready, Lisa. I'm not ready. Not only is it Marta's sixth World Cup appearance, sixth, ladies and gentlemen, six. Are you kidding me? It will sadly be her last. And some tough news coming out of coming out of this as as Marta made this announcement even before Pia announced the roster in in the very ceremonious way that she did. Um, But it was a bit heartbreaking. Breaking. I mean, like you knew the road was coming to an end, but you just hate to see it. You know, it's just an absolute legend of the game, an icon in every way you can describe and imagine. Um, I think even if we look back to the last cycle and the 2019 World Cup, there were, you know, hints of that narrative already around this player during that previous World Cup. But there was no formal announcement. There wasn't a a verbalization from the player that, hey, that's going to be my last ride as a player with Brazil. But that has now come with this World Cup. That has come with this announcement for for Brazil's 23. And it's a little bit different. There's something different about when you sort of have that, that hard yes or that hard no going into an event like this. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I appreciate that. As someone who has had to cover the game, who's been a fan of Martha's for a long time and and what she's done and what she has meant to the sport, there's something about the the long goodbye that maybe you, um, it affects you differently. And maybe that's helpful for the player. I agree. I think it is. I think it's a bit cathartic for the player to be able to say that, to say that, I mean, most recently, we well, we saw it with Carly Lloyd, of course, but even like in the league, we saw it with Allie Krieger out of Gotham, former U.S. international, um, how she announced at the start of this year, hey, this is going to be my last season. I think it's a moment of closure and a moment of 
um, just giving insight to the fans and the people around uh, for Marta, at least for them to know like, okay, the headspace that Marta is in during this world cup, of course it's her sixth. So she's been there. She's done that. She yeah. understands what it's like. Um, but the headspace that she's in knowing that it is pretty bittersweet for her, that it, it is her last. I think having that transparency is really important for the player moving forward. That way they get different questions in media, right? We're already seeing that uh, from Marta to getting different questions uh, lined up for her about how this is her last. And it's yeah. it's less of a speculation and it's more of like, okay, how are you celebrating this yeah. last go around? How are you preparing for it? Um, and I mean, it, the highest score ever in the tournament is, is Marta, right? Like amazing. Um, yeah. It's fantastic to see. And, and I hope that she goes out on a, a legendary World Cup, right? Whether it be like, getting another couple of goals or going yeah. really far with Brazil at this point, winning it all, whatever that may be. I hope that it's as legendary and memorable as Marta is herself. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I know we're going to keep an eye on all that she contributes uh, to this world cup and the players as well, because I mean, yeah. you, you see the effect that she has on her, her teammates as well. Pia has alluded to that, that Marta's presence on a World Cup roster is just as important as of equal value of what she produces on the pitch, but within the locker room as well. So to hear from players already that they are locked in and buying, that they are motivated as well by this being yeah. her last World Cup, I think has all of the right like spices and ingredients and everything. It's the perfect recipe for them to go out and maybe do something special. So I know we're excited to watch it and cover it. And of course, pay honor to it along the way. Of course, of course. And and with Brazil, they get a friendly, a little send-off match themselves that'll be played on July 2nd against Chile before they head off. So an opportunity to watch the team before they get to down under and the World Cup. Um, I know I'll be tuning in on July 2nd to watch Brazil versus Chile, get a taste of what Pia's got in the in the mixing bag for her squad. We absolutely had to touch on Brazil and their 23-player squad, Martha's last ride with Brazil. But a little bit of breaking news, of course, that we have to touch on because it's not attacking, it's not an attacking third live unless there's not some breaking right in the middle of the show. But the World Cup is weeks away. So lots of rosters uh, dropping throughout the course of the next couple of weeks with a deadline coming up for your final 23. Ireland has narrowed down their roster as well and we are very excited to react to Sinead Fairley being named to Ireland's final 23 player roster we're talking about special storylines in the build-up to the 2023 World Cup I don't know if there's uh, as special of a storyline as this one with the Sinead Fairley march to a World Cup oh it's so special it is truly uh, phenomenal to see that not only has Sinead made a comeback to the game of soccer, whether it be in an administrative role or a coaching role, just involved in the sport, because I know that was difficult for her as an agent for change in the abuse, in, in the systemic abuse in women's football. But she came back and, and played um, with Gotham. She got a call up in April to the Irish national team when they played against the United States, two games in which were close score lines uh, for Ireland and then has been named to this World Cup roster for the Republic of Ireland. Truly fantastic. I, I believe she's one of 
three current NWSL players for Ireland that are headed down under. And Ireland are, are debutants at this point mm-hmm. and at this World Cup. Um, so that's really special to see. I know that for Sinead, it's been a long road. It's been a good road. It's been a hard road. But most recently, I, I know she did um, an interview with, I'm going to shout out Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer because he sat down with Sinead and, and talked about what it's like for her to come back to the sport and and be on this World Cup team. And it's almost a bit surreal for her to say that she's from greater Philadelphia area. And so it's it's fantastic to see. Um, I think Ireland gained a lot of American fans when they played the United States um, in April of this year just because of what they were able to bring and how they were able to compete against the United States. They're a good, tough team. Yes, they're debutantes in the World Cup, but I think Ireland's going to make a run for it. Um, so we we have a picture of Sinead up here that Gotham tweeted out that I put out, but uh, North Carolina also put out a young picture of the captain, Denise O'Sullivan, who's going out. So I'm going to throw that one up because she's um, uh, from Ireland, whereas like Sinead is, has connections to Ireland through her dad, who is Irish. Uh, but Denise O'Sullivan grew up in Ireland and is making her first World Cup, the, her own debut with the nation. And, and she's incredibly proud about it as well. Love to see it. Shout out to Marissa Shiva, who's with the spirit, also yeah, getting yeah. a call up for Ireland's national team. Love the love the crossover. It's the league is celebrating it as well. I love how all of these final 23 player roster announcements are, are getting dropped and the league is just ready to just sort of celebrate that and say, hey, these players play here. They're representing their countries and they're representing NWSL. It's like it's a it's a wonderful thing to to celebrate and um, love that this is like breaking in the middle of us doing this live. Love a natural reaction to, to things. And, and I'm with you. I, I think, look, a lot of U.S. audiences got to look at Ireland and how they can perform and what they can bring to the World Cup in that April window against the United yeah. States. And they also have a big they also have a big road in front of them. They're not an easy group and they're kicking off the World Cup. They have to take on the hosts, Australia, on July 20th. So it's uh, it's, it's going to be it. <laughs> they have a banger to start and open yeah. uh, their their World Cup journey. I mean, that's putting it pretty lightly to to have that uh situation um so yeah they will be playing australia canada and nigeria so not only are they going up against the hosts in australia it's the opening match of the world cup in an eighty thousand person stadium um against the hosts in australia and then they have to go up against the olympians uh (laughs) canadians who just won gold at the olympics and then they have to go up against nigeria it is going to be a tough road for ireland but um i think that the way that the country is going about it and the players are, it's not this sense of like, wow, we're just so thankful to be here. It's more of like, we deserve to be here and we're ready to rock. Um, but I agree. I know you touched on the video that came out for, for Ireland. Go watch it. It's really cute. Like if you didn't watch Brazil's yet, go watch that one as well with Pia announcing the names. Even if you don't speak <laughs> Portuguese, it's very cool to watch and it's very emotional. The Irish one is really well done. It's a, it's a young footballer, a little Irish girl who's playing soccer by herself in her field and and commentating as if she's playing on the national team saying that uh, she passes it to she passes it to Katie McCabe who passes it to O'Sullivan who who scores the goal it gave me chills honestly to watch it I'm I'm really excited 
for this World Cup, Sandra. I can't believe it, but it's going yeah. to be the greatest World Cup of all time. I, I can't wait. Really I I love that we're getting to react to sort of these two national teams and their rosters specifically because <laughs> I feel like their two groups are the most chaotic. Whether it's Group B with Australia, Ireland, Nigeria, and Canada, or Group F with France, Jamaica, Brazil, and Panama, it's going to be an amazing time. We're going to continue to talk about the World Cup all the way through these final weeks and throughout the duration of the World Cup itself. You make sure that you tin, you're tuned into A3 because we've got all the content coming for you. And we're going to close it out with some U.S. Soccer Media Day highlights. And uh, you should stick with us after a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, let's close it out with some U.S. Soccer Media Day chatter. It's official. The United States women's national team are going to continue their preparations in California. Uh, that also included a media day. So lots of stuff coming out of that event. Um, plenty of journalists on the ground in their scrums chatting to various players. Um, but it was also nice to see some uh, press conference availability for, for the mm -hmm. public uh, as well. Lots of different interesting things coming out of yesterday's media day. And we wanted to touch on, of course, everyone is curious about a U.S. women's national team captain update. And unfortunately, there was not one ready to be made public out of media day just yet. So varying uh, reporting out of media day from Vlako Andonovsky saying that they actually have made a decision on a, a face of a captain, a player will be named to the, the captaincy. Um, but because of travel logistics and timing and things like that, they weren't actually able to discuss it internally and with the club and they were, excuse me, with the team. And they wanted to have those primary discussions before making anything public. So uh, I guess TBD in the meantime. <laughs> but at least they have one named, right? Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be yeah. worse if he was just like, we don't know. We're going to figure that out. Of course yeah. they have one named. Of course there has been a decision, um, but it, it's been a lot of travel, uh, a lot of different uh, moving pieces. Um, but I think there's some front runners for sure. I mean, you and I, Sandra, we did talk about this initially when the roster was named and, and there was no captain named initially. We have a whole episode on it. Go check it out. Um, it, it's just 
just from uh, last week, I believe it's on our YouTube page. It's a really good conversation, but there are definitely some front runners for the captaincy for the United States. Um, you look at Alex Morgan, Meg Rapino, players that are returning to their fourth World Cup. They have the leadership. They have the veteran ability. They have the talent. Um, I think also Lindsey Horan is one that is going to be a, an option for Vlako Anonofsky, a player that will be playing significant minutes at the World Cup. I think there's a lot of different factors that go into picking a captain, whether it's team com camaraderie, their ability to lead, um, their tenure on the team. I think that has something to do with it. Like Savannah DeMello, not going to be named captain. She doesn't have a cap yet. Uh, and Lindsay Horan is one of those players that's kind of solidified herself in the midfield. I, I foresee her playing significant, significant minutes moving forward. I think she's probably the top option for Vlach Wanonofsky to pick as the captain at this point. Um, you and I have made cases for Crystal Dunn. A lot of the world has made cases for Crystal Dunn. I think that's a top, top option that um, maybe we'll see if it is captaincy by committee at some points. Uh, yeah. Dunn will will be able to get the the armband at some point. But for me, my front runner is that is going to be named is Lindsey Horan. I respect it. I mean, look, and th these are players, the ones that you're alluding to, he Black on himself actually kind of specifically yeah. name dropped out of media day yep. too. I thought that was also kind of interesting. Uh, he, he got asked a lot about the captaincy and the leadership around the team. And he referenced specific players that he himself has had to sort of lean upon as the locker room got younger and younger and had more new faces involved with the team. Um, and even if they are, um, you know, players of a certain age, there are a ton of players, we've talked about this in, in the roster drop, that there are a ton of players who are just going to their first World World Cup, whether they're 18 years old or they're 30 years old. Yeah. So there are 14 first-time World Cup players, and he did reference Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino and Lindsey Horan as players that he has had to specifically lean on. And you're 100% correct. I think when we first got the news about Becky Sarabon, we were like, who could it be? Maybe we thought it would be by committee. And we might still see that in actual game day scenarios, right. depending on how, how things work out in substitution windows. Um, but we are in that camp. We are in the, the Crystal Dunn camp of, of captaincy. Um, I felt pretty strongly about it that I just wrote a piece that's, that's live right now on .com. Make Crystal done the cap. Ask her. Ask her if she wants to be the captain, and uh, see see what happens uh, from there. I think that that's another player that they can absolutely um, pull from leadership. And uh, I know we've also mentioned Alyssa Nair as well. It also it also we're also looking, I think, positionally on the pitch. You know, who's able to kind of lead, um, you know, from from the field at, at that point in various stretches of the game. But I look, the captaincy is is an important role. Let's not act like it's not. Of course, Andonovsky was going to get questions about it in the media day scrums but there was also some cool things that came out of it as well I mean he got a, a, a goalkeeper question as well he essentially alluded to a little bit of the game planning that's going to take place in the world cup that there's not actually going to be a ton of rotation yeah. for the keeper position they want to make sure uh the goalkeeper the goalkeeper is just going to have a consistent uh, amount of minutes throughout nope. the of the World Cup, but that there might be a group game that they give to a backup just I, so they have preparations in this tournament because he alluded to the Tokyo Olympics that they didn't want to be caught off guard again. Yeah. Are you surprised that he said there wasn't going to be a lot of rotation in the goalkeeper position? I'm more surprised that he was asked a question about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be real at this point. Look, it's a World Cup. There's never rotation at the goalkeeper it's, it's, position. Look, 
look, it's a World Cup. It's a media day. There's going to be a ton of people who Any have watched this goes. team. There's going to be a ton of people in the media who have watched a lot of these, these games. There's going to be a lot of people who just got here because yep. it's a World Cup and they're trying to cover and they're like, hey, we should cover a World Cup and maybe they don't have the knowledge and and about that. So, you know, I think everything that you and I have seen, we we know in the buildup to, to this World Cup that there's a, a number one and a number two. And Aubrey, Aubrey Kingsbury is, is filling a role as, an, as a number three. Um but I am curious about, um, you know, that that game that he alluded to, that perhaps there is going to be a group game that they do give to the number two because of yeah. what they experienced in the Tokyo Olympic Games. And he's he's referring to the fact that, you know, the United States made it all the way to the semifinals against yep. Canada. And there was a devastating injury to Alyssa Nair to the point where she had to come out of the game and they had to sub in uh, French at that point who had had previous experience as a uh, national team keeper, but hadn't necessarily had the opportunity in these big tournament type of moments. So we saw how deeply that affected the team in that semifinal against Canada and the fact that they are that he's still alluding to that to this point is that that's not going to happen to this team again. So I yeah. am uh, that did pique my curiosity a little I mean, bit. If he if we're not learning from past mistakes, then we're doing something wrong, right? Yeah. At this point, so I think it is it is good that we will get some rotation. And honestly, I think throughout the group stages, like that's a moment for that to happen. Um, if if it's Alyssa Nair, who is still the number one goalkeeper for the United States, I, I think we do see rotation of Casey Murphy um, in that number two spot. I, frankly, I'm going to be honest. I don't think yeah. we see Aubrey Kingsbury during yeah. this World Cup unless something happens. But when the rotation that happens, I, I think it'll be between Nair and Murphy um, and the options that are had there. Because Alyssa Nair does have experience right she saved a crucial penalty kick um against england in the last world cup like she's been at the world stages she's understood a lot of different scenarios she's been through adversity where she's gotten hurt and then she's had to watch from the sidelines and, and change in those moments um but yeah it's it was a little bit interesting i think to hear um coming out of this media day one thing that really uh, was uh, interesting to me is the fact that a lot of questions were asked about, of course, the group stage, of course, the Netherlands. Remember, the United States is in Group E, so they are against Vietnam, Panama, or Portugal, excuse me, and the Netherlands, uh, yeah. two debutantes in their group in Vietnam and Portugal. And then the Netherlands are, are longtime rivals, right? 2019 rivals in the World Cup for the United States. And a lot of questions asked about the Netherlands. However, Vlach Wenanovsky, Alex Morgan, Meg Rapino, Lindsay Horan, the players available for the press conference, really having their eyes and their focus 100% on the opening match against Vietnam, not taking that match for granted at all, despite being debutantes, it, that's the point of being a debutante. And when you look at Vietnam, um, the the fact that they are going to their first World Cup, um, they are one of the best sides coming from Asia. Um, that they, they really are in what they're able to do. They're coming off a friendly just last week. It was 2-1 loss to Germany, but they got a goal in on Germany. They only conceded two. I think there's a lot of positives to come out if you're looking at Vietnam making a run in this World Cup. And the fact that the United States was so focused on Vietnam. And I think the vibe for me that I got during this press conference is that the United States is going to treat every opposition like 
the opposition are reigning World Cup champions. No matter if it's a debutante, if it's their rivals in the Netherlands, if it's rivals in Sweden, if it's European champions in England, they are going to treat their opposition like they are the number one ranked team in the world. Um, and that's something to me is exactly what you want to hear from the professionals yeah. on the national team. They're locked in. And you know what? Yeah. And that's exactly that's that's the exact correct perspective they should have. That's exactly, I mean, yeah. Look, I, I love that you touched on on Vietnam as the debutante in this group. And it's important for us to speak on them with respect because there's been a there's been chatter around the this current group stage and the fact that there are pundits alluding to, to, to Vietnam as if this is going to be some cakewalk, as if it's going to be another 2019 Thailand experience where they drop double-digit goals, yeah. are just kind of exposing themselves at this point. They're telling on themselves, Lisa. They're not watching yeah. Vietnam the way we were able to watch them during the Asian Women's uh, Cup. You can still actually access those games on Paramount+. Plus. Sure if you can. want to get another look at Vietnam, they just competed in that last year. That is how they qualified for these World Cups. They ended up winning a round-robin style yeah. tournament within that competition and clinched a spot in this World Cup. And then this recent friendly that they just had against Germany, there were mm -hmm. folks even saying like, oh, this is a B-team squad. Yeah, but let's not act like Germany is in full of outstanding footballers. Yeah. And the fact that this Vietnam team went out there and had a game plan, executed it, were organized. It was awesome. Yep. I loved watching that game. That's another game that was actually on Golasso Network as well. We've got a couple of other friendlies that are coming up. Folks can get a, can get a access to and another look at a another group stage uh, team in Portugal. They're going to go up against England, and we will have that game on Golasso Network as well. So make sure you tune into those if you get a chance. But it's fun to hear the mentality side totally. of it out of, out of this media day and how locked in this team is right now at this moment. But, of course, there's, there's also fun stuff that comes out of this media day as well. We got to see Megan Rapinoe. She unveiled the, the 2023 World Cup hair. Uh, love it. It's got hues of blue in it. We got a great <laughs> shot of it in a photo there on our It's, it's on our similar live. to, like, our Attacking Third rebrand color. I love it. It's a little bit more blue than the green, but um, I, I love it. She looks great. We, we've seen the pink for a while. That was the classic pink, and I've heard her talk about her hair in, in media availability saying that um, sometimes she just kind of picks it and she just yeah. kind of says, okay, it's time to re-dye it. It's time to to get some more color on it. Um, I love it. You can spot the blue hair in, in the USA kit soon. So soon, Sandra. I love it. I think it looks good. Blue's my favorite color. I love that it's so close to attacking thirds color scheme. We're there in spirit, Lisa. Sophia Smith letting everyone know that she doesn't really know what CDs are. And you know what? This is another one of those <laughs> questions where I'm asking my media siblings to check yourself. This is another question where you will expose yourself. You're, you're, you're letting everyone know that you are much older than Sophia yeah. Smith by asking her about CDs. So I love that she actually answers the questions that, I mean, she, that she's given as, as silly as they are. years old, why would she know what CDs are or like exactly. a Walkman? Like that's just... Don't ask her that. I said this the other day. I said this yesterday to Sandra off mic. I was like, it's like asking me if I ever use like a typewriter or something. Like, obviously, no. Obviously, no. So, um, yeah, but it's funny when the media puts a spin on it. That's like Sophia Smith admits she's never yeah. used a CD. Like, come on. It's like 
check her birthday. You could have like done the the, the, the legwork on that for her. So it's so funny. Uh, but we look, you love to have a laugh with players in the media day setting and uh, a bit of cute news coming from, from Julia. She did confirm that, yes, her baby boy, Madden, and her husband, Zach, will travel throughout the World Cup to support her and the team. You love to hear it. You love to see it. What a what a lovely media day. It's just phase one for this team. They're rooted in California at this time. They're going to go through final preparations. They will have a send-off game on July 9th in San Jose against Wales, and then they will depart to New Zealand to begin the World Cup. So we're going to keep an eye on things moving forward with the U.S. national team and all things 2023 World Cup. But that's it from us today. So thanks, everybody, for joining us and listening to Attacking Third. You can download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us, too. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third to get alerts for whenever we go live. And we're going to be back with even more content this week. So stay tuned. For Sandra and Elisa Carlin, this was Attacking Third. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.